Galatians 5 and 24, it says, And they that are Christ, those that belong to Christ, those that, those that are Christians, have, past tense, crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. It doesn't say they're crucifying it. It said if you're in Christ, you have crucified the flesh with its desires and passions. In other words, you're, you put it to death. You've extinguished it is what the word crucified means. You're not, you're not putting it to death. If you're still putting it to death, then you haven't, you're not in Christ yet. You may be on your way there. You may be having a season of repentance. But until it's put to death, you're not in Christ yet. That's why he says those that are Christ, though they that are Christ have, past tense, crucified, what? The flesh. What is the flesh? The flesh is, the, is, is, is talking about the desires and the passions of the flesh. Okay, we, we know what, everybody understands what that is. Okay? Any comment on that? Any question about that? You need another Bible. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Let, let, me, let me share something with you on that, okay? That word, if you look it up, it, it, it's flesh. If you look it up, if you look, it, does, it says the meat that covers the bone. Man has gone and interpreted that and put sinful nature. That's not in the original Greek. Because the Bible says that Jesus came in the flesh, which is the same Greek word that's there. And if the, that means Jesus came in the sinful, sinful nature. So if there was a sinful nature, Jesus came with in it too. And I think we'll all agree that Jesus, when he came on earth, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2, that first of all, he was made lower than the angels. He took on flesh and blood exactly like us, the same flesh and blood. Philippians 2 says that he humbled himself and became a man. Hebrews 4 says that he was tempted in all points just as we are, yet without sin. So Jesus was just like us, right? I think we talked about that last week. So when Jesus was just like us, then if we were born with a sinful nature, so was Jesus. Because he was just like us. The Bible says he was born of the seed of Abraham. But if you had a sinful nature, you would have had to. But it's, so there's no sinful nature. You would have had to because you couldn't help it but sin. It's kind of like a horse or, or an animal. Investigating this desires and appetites of the flesh. That's what I don't, I'm still kind of caught in between of why we have these appetites and these passions and these, okay. you know. I mean, okay, okay, let me ask you, let, let me bring this to you. Did Jesus have the same appetites and desires of the flesh? Okay, he did, right? And, and he said, he said, in this world, in, in John 16, the last verse, he says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take courage because I have overcome the world. So he overcame all that to, so that he could be the example for us to follow in his steps. He says, he says, it's you and me, he says, follow me as an example. I did it. So I showed you how you can do it. OK, I took on the same thing you took on. I had the same desires for the, in the flesh and passions as you did. But yet I, I overcame it so that I could show you how to walk it out yourself and do it and overcome it. 
So there's no excuse with us to say, well, he was God in the flesh. No, he emptied himself of that and became man. Matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians 5.15, it says that though we've known Christ after the flesh, yet we know him so no more. We don't know him after the flesh anymore. Now we know him as the resurrected Christ, as God. But before that, he humbled himself. The Bible says we have one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. He made himself a man like us so that he could walk that out as we walk it out. So he has the same, he had the same passions. He had the same desires. He said, now I want you to walk it out. Now through me, I want you to walk it out. But where I'm at, and I'm still doing some research and some thinking and all this and that. Now, people can use this whole, quote, simple nature. I know you, you hate it. And no, it's not a hater. It just doesn't exist. Rosario <laughs> doesn't like it. He said all this garbage, whatever. We may not call it the simple nature, but can we call it the flesh? Listen, let me, let me tell you this. You can, cre- you can create your own sinful nature, okay? Sure. You can create your own by, get, by yielding to sin. And the deeper you go with sin, the more, the more you become enticed by it, trapped into it, and then you, you have to break out of it. But you have the choice to do it, and you have the choice not to do it. God has given you the ability to, not, to make the choice not to sin or to sin. Once you make the choice to sin, then you become trapped in it. Then if you go deeper, you become more trapped in it, and it becomes diff- more difficult to come out from it. But I'm not saying that, you know, and I know we don't want to say that we're born with a simple nature. See, people want to use, I was born with a simple nature, so I'm just going to sin all the time, and this and that, and I'm never going to get past that. I got that. But there are some desires and some flesh stuff just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. That's why we call okay. that. I mean, you know, that we deal with, that we do, we, we do have the strength to overcome. We are conquerors through Jesus Christ. Through it, I'm with you with that. But the flesh still has these desires. You say okay, let, let's do this. Go up. Let's go up a little bit. Okay, we just read that verse in Galatians 5. Let's go up a little bit higher, and it's going to tell you a little bit about that, okay? Look at Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16, okay? Look what he says. This I say then. Verse 16 of chapter 5. This I say then. Walk in the spirit. The lust of the flesh. Desires. Lust just means desires. Ben, you, you, your flesh desires things. We talked about that. Your flesh, if it gets cold, it wants to get warm. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there, there are forbidden desires and there's good desires. The body has desires to get to eat something when it's hungry. Don, let Don talk. Don? Right, because the weapons of warfare are not fleshly, but mighty through God to pull down those strongholds you're talking about. Amen. Second Corinthians yeah, 10, good scripture. I, I, if you look, Bob? I look at it in this way. Going back to truth, God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. He, 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 he knows it all. Therefore, he cannot lie because he created the truth. Okay? Jesus had to walk in the truth because he was the son of, he, he's the son of God. Okay? Now, you start talking about the Proof, 
Okay. Whenever you have to exercise a fruit of the Spirit, which is self-control, it talks about in verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Okay? If you if you cannot control your own desires that the flesh craves, okay, I don't care what kind of desire it is. The Catholic Church says that gluttony, overeating, is a sin. Because a lot of people, when the body gets hungry, it starts craving food, and therefore the more they eat, the more they want, the more they eat, the more they want until they blow up like a big woman. Okay? Now, that is lack of self-control. If you are out of control, then you're being disobedient to the truth. Okay? So whenever you're disobedient to the truth and you have no control over the flesh and you give in to its desires, that is where you're going wrong because you, you don't have the faculties within your mind, okay, or the willpower to overcome this problem that you have in the flesh. Hey, Bob, you said that Jesus had to. You say he had he had to? Jesus says if Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he had to exercise self-control. Even when he was tempted in the desert, he exercised self-control by throwing the word back into Satan's face. And that is something similar that we should do too. If we're going to be living and walking by the Spirit in the image of Christ, displaying your personality and character, all that just so that people can see it. Okay, then we have to come to a place where we say, okay, self-control. I'm I'm on your self-control. If somebody asks me, you want to go with me to this bar to have a drink? No, I don't. Because I cannot. If I do, then I'm going to be giving you or somebody else around me the appearance of sin in my life because I am drinking in a bar. And number one, if I drink too much, I'm going to lose my faculty lose control of my factors. Therefore, I'm out, of, I'm, I'm out of control. There's no self-control over this desire to have a drink. Okay? Uh, same way with other things in your life. You know, as far as the flesh goes. But, you've got to look at, the, look at the fact that if you live by the Spirit, you have to be obedient sure. to the Spirit. If you're not, then you're committing a sin by, with disobedience. Yeah, he said. He said this. He said, "If you live after the spirit, after the flesh, you will what? You will die. But if you, through the spirit, do mortify or put to death the deeds of the body, you shall what? Live. So that's the key. Jesus was tempted in such a point to show us that he says in, in, in Hebrews chapter twelve, verse four. He said, "You have not yet resisted sin to the shedding of blood." Well, Jesus was resisting sin so much. That when he was in the garden, he was saying, man, man, not my, he says, Lord, he says to the Father, he says, if, if, it, if it is possible, let, let this, get this cup from me, you know, but nevertheless, not my will, but you will be done. And he was hurting so bad that the Bible said he was sweating, as it were, drops of blood. He was resisting so strongly. Why? Well, he showed us that as an example. He says, I want, now I want you to do that. He had those desires to, to, to. To make this feel better. He didn't really want to go to the cross because of the, the, the pain that he was going to have to go through 
but he resisted his own temptation not to. Just like he did, like Bob was saying in, in uh, Matthew 4 or Luke 4, where it talks about Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted for the devil for, by the devil. Now, we talked about that last week, that in Ezekiel chapter 28, it says that the devil himself was created perfect until sin was found in him. That the devil was there from the beginning. He knew Jesus. He knew of Jesus because Jesus, the Bible says, he's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. So he was there. So don't you think that Satan knew that, that you know, Jesus had a choice too. He, he tried to get Jesus to sin. He tried to get Jesus to, to give in to that temptation, but Jesus resisted it. Now he said, what I want you to do to be in is I showed you how, and I want you to do it. Now you say, well, why? Then you're going to find that out one day, but, but, but it's going to come. No, it's not. It's only, it's only, it's only sinful when you give into, when you give into the passion of the flesh. The flesh, the flesh is just meat over the bone. That's all the flesh is. I'm saying scriptural. The flesh and its passions and its desires is, is basically okay. We were born upright. That's what we're saying. We're born upright, but we all went astray. Or you, or you could say you were born neutral. You know, you were born. You know, you could go either way. You could have gone either way. So, but you, but you had a choice. And, and man made a choice to, to give in to okay, temptation. So, okay, let's just, I'm just going to give you a, an example in my life, okay? So in my life, just say, for example, today, I, I watched my ex-wife pull or boyfriend. Well, they get a little flesh. Wants to be, like, really not really a happy camper and really be upset and just not be a nice guy. But I overcame that. Good. And I was a nice you guy. Passed. I did shake his hand. <laughs> and I was, I wanted to. Demonstrate the difficult, spirit, difficult situation. The fruits of what my life is all about. Because it's not about that. Because you're not a believer anyway. So it is what it is. I know you hate when I say that too. So. But the flesh, I still want to talk about this because it has these passionate desires. Really, what you feel like you want to do is the wrong thing. So that is like almost like this. I don't, I don't know how to really explain it that well. I know that I read my Bible I keep seeking the Lord. But, you know, really deep down, I don't want to be a nice guy to him. I don't really want to shake his hand, and I don't want to portray this, but I did. And that's just being honest. You know what I mean? It's really hard for me to see this. Jesus didn't really want to go to the cross, okay? But he did. Okay, same thing. Okay, now, you, you're kind of talking about almost like, in, when you want to talk about what the flesh is like, you read Romans 7. Because Romans 7 talks about the things I want to do, I end up not doing. The things I don't want to do, I end up doing. That is a struggle with the flesh. But he was carnal. He was unre that's in an unregenerate state, and the Bible says, and he, and he was in bondage to sin, so he, was, he, 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 he would give in to it. But then when you get to Romans 8, he goes back and he says, now, now there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Who what? who walk after the spirit, not after the flesh. Remember, we read the scripture in Romans 8, 13, where he talked about if you, live after the, if, you, if you live after the flesh, you shall die, but if you through the, through the spirit mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. So he, said, he starts out there in Romans 8, 1, he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Was there condemnation in Romans 7? Absolutely. He was living after the flesh, and the Bible says in Romans 8, said if you live after the flesh, you shall die. If you, he says, if you live after the flesh, you cannot please God. If you live after the flesh, you're an enemy to God. All this is in Romans chapter 8. But he says that, that, that Christ 
condemn sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirements of the law would be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So again, we, we back to Galatians 5 that says, if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of this flesh. But if you walk in the flesh, well, then you fulfill in its lust, then you shall die. The wages, Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So it's, it's which way you want to go. God gives us a choice. Which way you want to go? You want to walk with righteousness or you want to walk in, in, in unrighteousness? You, it's kind of like you said, people in the last days would have itching ears. They want to hear that I can live in the flesh and I can still go to heaven. They, that's, what, that's what basically is being preached today. You can live in, it's almost like Satan's doctrine was from the beginning, Eve, you can sin and you won't die. You can eat the forbidden fruit, you won't die. So it's almost like God saying, okay, now we're, I'm going to make Satan's lie the truth today. And I'm going to tell people the same doctrine. They can sin and not die. They can eat the wrong thing. They can fulfill the desire of the flesh and they won't go to hell. That's the same doctrine that Satan had from the beginning. And that's the, the great deception. So again, if we go back to Galatians 5.24, he says, he says this. He says, those that are Christ have crucified the affections and lusts thereof. So in Christ, those things have to be crucified. You put it to death. You say, why? Well, why is it a struggle? Because you have a choice. God's not going to take that away from you. He's not going to make you into a robot to where everybody, if that's the case, then we don't have earth. We may as well always be in heaven because there's no more temptation. There's no more desire of the flesh. What is temptation? The Bible says in James 1 that every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own desire and enticed. And when he, he gives yield to, to, to sin, sin brings forth death. So he's tempted. Okay, now we have, we have 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, it says no temptation uh, has come to you, but what is common to man? God is faithful. He will not allow you. This is the good news to be tempted above what you are able. So if you take that and you believe that and you walk in that, you'll never give in to temptation. You'll never sin. But, will, but he has given you a way of escape that you may be able to bear. All you have to do is take the way of escape. You did today. You took the way of escape. You said, my flesh feels this. I feel that, you know, that there. But I'm going to do it God's way. And you took the way of escape. You shook the guy's hand. You greeted him, you, and you did good. That's good, because you took it the way that God said to take it. Okay? Ben, Christian, you had a comment? Yeah, I just don't think you guys are even arguing the same thing, because you keep going back to the choice and the fulfillment, and I think this whole question was just that sin is natural. You know, we don't like to, it's like, it's like a matter of semantics, like we don't like to say sin nature, but the most natural thing you can do is sin. Everybody's born like sin. So I think that's what's real. Like, you know that you can make a choice, and we know Look at look at First Peter chapter one and verse eighteen, along with what you're saying. First Peter one eighteen. First Peter one eighteen. This is where a lot of it comes from. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation, which you which means your empty way of life. 
received by the tradition from your fathers. Okay, so that's <laughs> my fault. <laughs> Boy, I nailed myself. Okay, in the story, go home, praise the Lord. I'm the blame it on me. Blame it on me. No. No, because because that's society. You see the 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 ancestors, the fathers that, that came down that that you know they were doing it, and you like okay, then you fall right into that. You see where that. Okay, Adam and Adam and Eve were born in a place where there was there was no there was all he all he was told was like you could have all the fruits of all the trees in the garden. But there's one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of. There was nobody before them that ever lived. But they had, they had a choice to make, and they were not influenced in that choice, and they still made the choice to sin. Why? Because flesh wanted to sin. Huh? Yeah, that's the, because, exactly. And they, but they had the choice not to. Okay, let's, let's, take, let's go to the next one right after the next. Okay, we we'll go to the next people born after Adam and Eve. Okay, who was the next two born after Adam and Eve? Cain and Abel, right? Okay, Abel did what? He offered a sacrifice to God. It was well-pleasing to God. God was pleased with the sacrifice. Cain, he offered God a head of lettuce, okay, or whatever. And God was not pleased with it. Cain became jealous of Abel because his sacrifice was, was favored to God. So he, he got jealous of Abel, and he, and he said, man, I want to kill him. I'm going to kill that guy. Got jealous of his brother. What? Wait. But before he killed him, God came to him, and he said, "He said, Cain. He said, sin is knocking at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it." He had a choice. God would not have told him you, you must rule over it if he couldn't rule over it, right? So, so he had a choice. No doubt. <laughs> Jesus' flesh wanted to sin. And he was Jesus. Jesus' flesh wanted to. But he showed us, make the right choices. The flesh has passions and desires. That's all, that's all we were trying yeah, to Yeah, I got you. Right, this, this thing wants to be satisfied no matter what. It's like an animal. Like an animal. An animal's going to do whatever it wants to do. Well, you were born in the flesh, just like Jesus, okay? I like to look at it. It was just like Jesus. You were born just like Jesus. Same, same, same temptation, same everything. I've never been God's son, so. Yeah, but, yeah, but he, he emptied himself of that. That's why he says, you knew me after the flesh, but now you don't know me anymore as that. The Bible says in Philippians 2 that he took upon him the form of a servant and humbled himself being a man so that he could feel the same thing, the same flesh and blood, and he could go through the same temptations, so that he could secure us who are, who are tempted. But wasn't he born knowing that he was God's son? He was born, the Bible says he, he learned obedience. God didn't have to learn obedience, but his son did, well, as, as he did. Didn't he, wasn't he, didn't he know that he was different from everyone else? He, he, the Bible said he grew in knowledge and wisdom of the Lord. So maybe not. They, they, cha- they changed Jesus' diapers just like they changed your diapers. I know that. When I'm talking about the physical, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't think it was a completely level playing field us versus him because he has memories of what the throne looks like. like 
he, did, he was limited. He didn't, do, he didn't know when his coming was coming. He didn't know when he was going to come back. He said, no man knows, no man knows except the Father in heaven. The two sons of Zebedee asked him if he wanted to sit on his right hand and one on the left. He said, it's not mine to give. It's the Father's. He, was li- he limited himself so that he could feel our infirmities, our weaknesses, so that he could be just like us. Anything less than that, that he couldn't be the example that we needed to be so that we could follow his steps. I couldn't follow his steps if he's, for instance, you, if you had bionic legs and you're saying, man, I'm, you got all this power, and you say, man, I'm going to show you how to run, Don, Dad. So watch me run. Now go do the same thing. I said, I said, Christian, you got bionic legs. I can't run like that. I can't, I can't follow your example. You see what I'm saying? That's how it would be. This is go 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 to go back to Hebrews. Go back to Hebrews. Go back to Hebrews. What, honey? What? Yeah, exactly. Rachel's going to tell us in a minute. Right. That's good. I just feel like when he was born, they were like, "You don't have a real dad. God immaculately conceived you." I feel like that would be. Okay. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, in, in, in Hebrews chapter four, it said that he was born of the seed of Abraham. He had man's seed in him. He was born of a, of the flesh. He was born of a woman Mary, who was born of her embryo. She he was born of the flesh, just like us. Listen to it. Listen to what it says. Listen to what it says. Hold on. Hold on. Let me let me give you a scripture here. Hebrews, chapter chapter two. For as much then as verse fourteen. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood. He also himself likewise took part of the same that through death, through dying, he might destroy him that had the power of the devil. All right, then he goes down and he says, says, For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Was he born of the seed of man? Absolutely. It says in the scripture, it says he was fully God and fully man. He was, but, but when he was on the earth, he humbled himself as a man. He, wasn't, he didn't come. Wait a minute. He didn't come as God. He came as man to show us how to live that life. But he was fully God and fully man. It's in Hebrews, right? We just read it last weekend. Well, he is. He, absolutely. He is, especially now, but when he was here on earth, he came as man. That was his mission. He was going to be betrayed. He would call us. He said, he said Peter. I think it was Peter. He said, the cock will probe tw- three times and you're going to deny me all these things. He knew that stuff. 
He received it from the Father as the Father gave it to him, just like us. God can speak, speak stuff into our heart just like he did him. Just like John the Baptist. The Bible says John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Ghost before he was even born. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. There was a couple of people like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah there was several people. That's what I'm saying. So I'm saying, but, but as far as the flesh is concerned, he took on the same flesh and blood as us. He took on the same temptations as us. He took on the same weaknesses as us. And that's all you need to know. Okay, look, he was born of the seed of Abraham. And I know some people want to say, well, he, um, he didn't marry, he was a virgin, and he wasn't, he, she didn't get impregnated by man, therefore he wasn't cursed by the seed of man. He said, the Bible says he was as the seed of Abraham. Because if he came from the woman, the woman was from the man, it's all the same thing. It all comes forth from that, because she was born of a man. So he, he, the Bible says here, he was born of the seed of Abraham. So therefore it goes on and it says, for in him... In that he himself hath suffered being tempted like us, he is able to help us. How is he able to help us? If the temptation was, he, he, no way he could possibly sin. No, we know he's tempted. We just think he was a lot better than He rose. <laughs> Same playing game. All right, verse, chapter, chapter 4 now. Watch this, he says. All right. For we have not, verse 15, chapter 4, for we have not a high priest which cannot be tempted with the feeling of our weaknesses. Same weaknesses as us. He, he knows that. But was in all points tempted like, uh, like as we are, yet he didn't sin. Every single point. It wasn't that like, well, he was tempted. Well, he wasn't really tempted because he was God. No, you can't say that. Because the scripture doesn't say that. Nobody said that. Okay. He was the example. He had the same temptations and he did not sin. Whether he was God or man. Listen to this. Better prepared, maybe, but not any hours greater than a man had. But, Christian, you may have hit it on the head saying that you might have been better prepared. Well, to know everything before it happens in your entire life, that's more prepared than we are. But he, was limi- he had limited knowledge. But, but they, have other, they have other men and great men of God that did the same thing. It wasn't Jesus. Huh? You know what? You know what? We could. What did what did Jill just say? He said, the Bible, he said himself, he said, greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. So you could do it also if you walk in the Lord. Man, okay, Elijah. Elijah did great things. He poured water and made fire and called out the God and fire came up, man. He did all kind of Tremendous miracles. He told a guy that was full of leprosy that nobody could heal. Go wash in, in the river of Siloam and he came out clean. Uh, he did all kind of miracles. He went up in a chariot into heaven. He did all kind of miracles. Yes, indeed. Okay, uh, Paul. Okay, Paul. After 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 decided, Peter, uh, they they get just go go by a shadow and they'd be healed just to get a shadow, uh, apron that uh, or napkin that Paul had. They'd go and they'd put it on somebody and the person would get healed. I know, but we're talking about the same twelve people. I'm saying in the last five hundred years, has anyone done a crazy cool miracle that you know? Yeah, we hear about it all the time. People raised from the dead. That's I'd call that a pretty good, pretty big miracle. 
Oh, yeah, 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 it, it's, 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 it's happening. Whether you hear it or not, it's happening. So we can go to Florida. No. So on YouTube, I want to testify right now that we heard today of a miracle that God did maybe not today, but last week. Yeah. And it was Bob Dwight. Bob Dwight. That's right. He, he still does miracles, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Huh? What about yeah? What about the guy that had called me? The doctor sent him home to die. Said you got less than two weeks, and God healed him. And 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 they no, can't even explain God it. I'm just saying we keep talking about these apostles who pronounce healing over people, but why didn't he drive to that guy's house and do it? Like they could have. He did. I did. I went and prayed for him. I went and prayed for him, and God and 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 God healed him, and he's still alive today. And he was supposed to be dead three months ago, and he, and all all of us going. I'm one of the miracles. I died five, five times, but four times in three and a half hours of brain surgery. And uh, uh, less than a 2% chance to live. And uh, three days later, I'm walking, and uh, the doctor told me I was no reason for me to be in on it. And two weeks later, I was, I mean, two weeks from the time of the rest, I was back on a motorcycle. That's a miracle. <laughs> Well, <laughs> we won't go there, but good, Larry. Okay, one more scripture. Okay, Philippians chapter 2. Go to Philippians chapter 2. Don't tell a lot of people you're back on a motorcycle in two days, Larry. <laughs> I know, Terry. <laughs> Verse 7 of chapter 2 of Philippians. Speaking of Jesus. We'll start at Verse 6. Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man. Just like us. But he didn't make himself of a reputation when he was here on earth. He made himself of no reputation. He became humble. He didn't come in and exalt himself. He didn't come and try to take over their kingship like Herod tried to kill all the babies because he thought he would do that. He humbled himself. He wrote, come riding a donkey in Jerusalem. He was poor. He, he didn't have, you know, much at all. He, he, and he restricted himself, right, Ben, to, to be like a man. He became completely human but was without sin but fully God and fully man. Wait a minute. That, where, where are you at? Ben, you, your translation, you got all kind of stuff added on in there. You may as well write some in there yourself, Ben. Okay, listen, let me finish the scripture. Okay, he made of himself uh, in the likeness of men and being found in, in fashion as a man. Not as God, as a man. He humbled himself and became, he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now, why would God exalt him if he if he if he couldn't if if he if he couldn't couldn't do help but do, be obedient? God exalted him because he was obedient because he made the right choice, and you can make the right choice right now. God had an order, and Adam, in the kingdom of God, he has an order. 
Don't leave, Ben. I'm sorry, I've had a good opportunity with that. The standards of the Lord is not less; it's higher. The standards of the Lord, or as far as the keeping of the law and walking in obedience, isn't that we accept that we accept Him, but that we, we that He accepts us, in that we live a righteous and holy life in Christ. The reason Jesus came, as you said, was to take the sin away from from before. We couldn't have any, like you said, atonement of our past sins. Without, without the shedding of blood. They would offer sacrifices, as it says in Hebrews 10, year after year, but could never have their conscience cleared because that sin they had to keep offering over and over again. That was the problem, was that, that he would come and we could come into, into Christ and have all of our past sin washed away, and it wouldn't be there anymore. But yet, at that... He didn't come to abolish the law, the commandments, anything. He came to establish that so that we, and show us how to live that life out in him so that we would no longer sin and fall into those, into those sins of death that would keep us from the kingdom. So whenever we go through, uh, whenever we go through the, the process of salvation, okay, we, we have to know God before we can accept him. Whenever we realize the fact after we've gone through the knowledge, we've gained our righteousness, we get to a point where we're actually confirmed 
captured by God because now he knows that we are true before him. There has to be a process. We've talked about this as far as salvation goes. But the law is still... But the process is taking place before salvation comes. Right. That's the difference right. in what I believe in what you're saying. Oh, you're saying the same thing. Okay, good. Man, yeah. Man cannot accept something and believe in something that he does not know. Right. Hey, you can go around here and somebody saying Jesus all day long, but if you don't, if you know, if you, hey, I know this guy says something about Jesus, but I don't know who Jesus is. I've never studied Jesus. Okay? So whenever, whenever one of us decides one day, hey, I want to know about this Jesus, I believe that God puts a certain fear and a certain amount of grace on that person to draw him. Spirit draws that person. Once they learn about Jesus and they finally say, okay, now I believe in Jesus because I know about him and I accept him. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Okay? And then we that doesn't him. save him, though. Accepting the Lord doesn't okay. save him. Okay. Yeah, I just want to make that clear, though. What I'm saying is that we get to a point where we have the full knowledge of Christ because Jesus said it I come to do my Father's will that all men should come to know, come into the knowledge of, come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ, so that in the last day I will raise Him up. Right. Okay. And so, what all I'm saying is that that whenever Jesus came on the earth, okay, He taught these people so they would know Him. Mm-hmm. He said even even after the sermon, on, even after He preached to the five thousand, and many of them walked away unbelieving. Yeah. So they had to make a choice, like you were talking about, yeah. to accept Him or not. But once once it got to a point where they would have the knowledge of Him, and they said, "Yes, Lord, I I believe You. I believe in You. I know." God says, "Okay." What happens when, when we stand before Christ after death? When we pass over? Hmm. He said, He said, I don't I didn't know you even though you said Lord, Lord, and all this stuff. Right, right. That's he good. said, because I do know you, he said, Enter thou and thou good and faithful servant. I know I know you. I accept you. So Jesus had a, had to had to come in the flesh for man to actually see him. He had to know what the way the sin felt like. So that he could actually know whenever he did sweat blood or sweat uh, sweat like blood drop. And that's why he said, hey, this stuff is too heavy on me. I can't handle it. You've got to let this thing pass for me. But being obedient to God, he had to walk this thing through. Well, an encouragement, encouraging thing to me, Bob, is is that um, he did it. You know, he, he, he was tempted just like me. He felt the same things I feel. And, and, uh, and he overcame. Therefore, now he showed me I, I can do it. You know, and that encourages me. You know, because and I and I am doing it. You know, because he did it. You know, and, and, and when I start thinking, well, well, he was God. You know, well, no, he emptied himself of that so that he could be just like me, and tempted in all points, so I can feel my same weaknesses, see, feel all those things. And he said, okay, now I did it. Take courage. I've overcome the world. You take courage. Now you do it. You live in me. And you stop sinning, and you live for me with all your heart. And you're right. The Bible says that Jesus was the express image of the Father. He showed who, who God really was. Because a lot of people, like you said, had the wrong image of God, thinking that he was just this hard, beat-up God when he was really compassionate, loving, you know, and, and gave his life for us and showed us how to really live. You know?
and how he lived. When we're talking about that order in heaven, whenever Jesus, whenever Jesus died, there was, there was no longer a need for a priesthood, which we become a Right. Well, that's what it calls him. He said, we, we don't have a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our weaknesses, our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we were. He was that high priest for us. And like you said, now we don't offer the blood of bulls and goats anymore because he was that sacrifice for our past sins to be totally washed away of, of all past sin and now to live in, in him. You know, we read that scripture in Galatians 5.24 we started out with and uh, it says those that of Christ have crucified the affections and the flesh and the passions of the flesh and Paul said this after that he said in Galatians chapter 2 that same book he says uh, after he had talked, to, talked about Peter you know Peter had uh, the Bible said dissembled himself from the others you know and started going back to the you know separated when he was going back to the Jews, you know, some and when they were eating and Paul rebuked him sharply and said, Peter, you're to be blamed. And he said, and he said this in Galatians chapter two, he says, uh, which I thought was really uh, neat in Galatians two in verse uh, 17, he says, but if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we also, we also are found sinners. Is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. If you're saying you're justified in Christ and you've got sin, he said, is Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. He said, for if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the long dead to the Lord, I might live unto God. I am crucified. He says now, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. It is not I, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Who loved me and gave himself over. Paul had crucified the affections and lust thereof. And he said, I will not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness comes into the law to him, Christ is dead in vain. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Who loved me, who loved me, who loved me and gave himself for me. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. sitteth at the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Ye are dead, ye are dead. Ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. 
within me and the life that I now live I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me who loved me and gave himself for me who loved me and gave himself for me Father we thank you for your word God we praise your holy name Jesus thank you Lord Jesus for opening up your word so powerfully God for all that you did for us Lord you came and you humbled yourself Lord and took upon the form of a servant God becoming in the likeness of me God and of all of us so that Lord you could secure us and help us in our times of temptation making a way of escape God that would never fall to temptation Thank you, Jesus, for showing us the way, for you are the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you, Lord, for feeling what I feel, for being tempted like I get tempted, God, for showing me how to do it, Lord, through you. We love you, God. We give you thanks. We praise you, and we honor you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Would you pay us out to communion, please? <laughs>